It's time for Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Hey, welcome to Moment of Truth. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, you can download the iHeartRadio app, and then you can take us with you anywhere you go. It's a pleasure to welcome back to the show. Uh, we have with us Amanda Ryum and Shoshona Kish. They are here to talk about a brand new initiative that they have just started. It launched, I believe, on June 29th of this year. And uh, Ishkade Records, if I have that correct, uh, ladies, is that correct, Ishkade? Ishkade, you got it. All right, thank you. And uh, what it is, it's a new Indigenous women-owned label, record label, that is helmed, of course, by Shoshona Kish and Amanda Ryum. And uh, it's a pleasure to have them both here. Now, they're founders of this, but also the Indigenous International Indigenous Music Summit. And so it's a pleasure to have them here. We were just uh, had them on talking about the Indigenous Music Summit not that long ago. So it's a pleasure to have them back on. Now, Ishkade Records, uh, the guiding principle refers to the Anishinaabe's seventh fire prophecy. The prophecy heralds an epoch of eternal peace when Indigenous peoples and settler communities are together to build the eighth and final fire of justice and harmony. So what a wonderful principle to build this on. Welcome, Shoshona and and Amanda. <laughs> How are you, David? I'm doing okay. And I, I really liked that uh, introduction that I read there about your new record label. Congratulations to both of you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah, we're very excited. You yeah. Know, um, we've been quietly and furiously working on this for some time. So it feels really great to launch it and, you know, out into the world. Um, It's been a dream that I've had for a long time. Mm. Now you say quietly and furiously working on this for a while. What does that mean? How long has the the seed been planted on this? Um, Well, I think really uh, like directly working and building towards this launch has been about two years. Okay. Does that seem about right, Amanda? Yeah, that seems about right. I mean, I'm sure it was a, a little seed of a of a dream much before that, but really talking about it and, and planning and and turning it into uh, real life. That sounds right to you about two years. So, of course, uh, Shoshona Kish, you are involved with Digging Roots, uh, and you're also Ojibwe and Anishinaabe. Uh, uh, Amanda, you're a citizen of the Métis Nation of Ontario. And uh, now the thing is, did this start as uh, the idea uh, of um, the two of you doing this? How did the conversation start? And I don't know who wants to answer this, but why did you feel the need was necessary to do this? Um, well, I mean, I think for me, I had been dreaming about this, you know, and talking to Raven, my creative and life partner with mm-hmm. Digging Roots, like for a very long time about like just the platforms that we wished had been there when we were beginning um, our road as musicians and artists and, you know, and also this real need to create platforms for voices and narratives that perhaps um, weren't finding their place and weren't being amplified and perhaps even silenced in, in the larger spaces. It was like, man, like we had, there's so much talent in our community and there's just, the stories are so important. And we, you know, and I think the idea for Ishkade is to like amplify and 
expand space for songs for the eighth fire. You know, the artists that are doing that work and lifting those things up, um, lifting up their identity and who they are and speaking about those things, because, you know, I think, uh, I think the world needs those stories. I think we all need them. And, uh, and I'm really excited to, to be a part of like, you know, there's a lot of work happening across the community and Mm -hmm. uh, I'm just excited to hold space for this in this way. Right. Um, now, before you go any further, I just want to mention that, uh, Shoshona, you are calling in to us from Algonquin Park today. So <laughs> we, we appreciate you doing that. And uh, I know you said you were trying to find a, a quiet place and somewhere with some good reception. So, uh, yeah, we- I'm sorry if it's a little noisy right now. I can't tell if you guys can hear it, but we've just we drove around in circles trying to find the best signal and. <laughs> This is where we landed. <laughs> That's quite all right. We appreciate you making that attempt. So we appreciate that very much. Yeah. Um, Amanda, did, um, you, did you have anything to add to that? Well, it's just such an honor to, um, you know, to be a part of this, to work with Shoshona first mm. and foremost, and to build this dream and this space for our community. And, you know, just to echo what she said, all the the incredible truths and stories and, and songs that, you know, that are uh, coming out and, and that I also agree, just, I feel really need to be heard. Hmm. Shoshone, you know, there's one thing that I, I see that you said about this that I really liked, and it is that you say Ishkade Records celebrates our native sovereignty, or our na- narrative sovereignty, sorry, narrative sovereignty. And I really, yeah. really like that phrase. Yeah, I actually, you know, the first time uh, I had a conversation specifically about narrative sovereignty was with Jesse Wenty. Mm. And it was, you know, so it's, I, uh, you know, it just really resonated with me and really um, articulated something that I've been feeling and working towards and um, really wanting to create space for. And so, you know, and I just think, the the importance of us being the own keep our own keeper of our stories you know and i think for a very long time we've only heard the stories that were being gatekeeped by mainstream mm. gatekeeped mm-hmm. i don't know if that's worth <laughs> but you know like, and so it was all going through this mainstream filter and i i'm really excited that that there's a shift happening where you know, we are lifting up the stories with, from within the community ourselves that need to be heard and that we know from our own teachings and our own communities and our own um, families that, uh, that we want to share with, with, the, with our communities and then the greater community as well. And I think that, you know, this is, you know, sovereignty is such a critical issue for us, you mm. know, and, and we are sovereign nations. We are sovereign people. And uh, at the center fire of that is our stories, you know, and we are, or we have oral traditions, mm. you know, the values and ethics and wisdom of the land is within our languages and in our stories. Mm. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and this is, this is who we are as a people. Um, and so, you know, I just, I really feel like that's at the center of the work. I feel really compelled right. to continue. Mm-hmm. Um, Amanda, anything to add to that? Oh, I mean, the, she just, it was just so perfectly <laughs> expressed. It's, 
I just, I do believe as well that we are sovereign nations, we're sovereign people, and that we should be the ones using our voices to tell our stories Mm. and, you know, to be able to share them in the way that we want to. Right. Yeah. It's really about self-determination in its most, you know, pure form, I think. Um, And yeah. And this is the work of our people. This is the work of our generation right now to assert our sovereignty and, and, make and protect that for generations to come you know and it's also this like cultural and creative trust that we're protecting and you know i think there's a groundswell of um really brilliant artists coming to the forefront now and i i'm just so excited about the first artists that we've signed and you know and and some of the conversations that we're beginning with uh new artists moving forward and yeah i'm very excited you know there's just yeah, this incredible brilliance in our community. And it feels really good to spend our days supporting and amplifying that. Okay. Uh, you've said a number of things there that we could, uh, should definitely <laughs> sort of talk about. But, you know, you, you talked about the cultural and creative trust. Um, but before we go any further, I mean, both of you come from your own uh, your your own. A creative uh, work that you've done and and your own uh, careers in music. You know, uh, as I mentioned, Shoshona, you've been involved with uh, Digging Roots for, for a long time and you've gone on to do other things. You know, you, you, uh, you Music Summit uh, uh, curated and, and curated projects with Canada's National Arts Centre, the Woman of the World Festival in, in, in uh, the Sydney Opera House. Uh, you've been recognized with uh, Folk Alliance's Spirit of Folk Award and the Women Professional Excellence Award. Um, Amanda, yourself, uh, as, as a, a, a singer-songwriter, you've had a 15-year career that you have self-managed yourself. And, and, you know, you guys bring all of this wonderful, wonderful experience um, that you have to these, these new positions. And these are new positions for you. You guys are now owners. You're the, you know, the operators of this, this uh, record label. It puts you in a, a different, um, you know, sort of area, but... I guess it's a natural step in in some ways because because of those experiences and the expertise that you bring from your past. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really important to be um, holding spaces from an artist's perspective, which mm. I both of us do. Um, and and I, you know, I think I would like to believe and that you know Raven and I have worked from the beginning to you know, as we were forging a path for our own artistic journey, like always wanting to work for our community, you know, and I think that the, the colonial model is really about um, like competition and mm. like carving out small spaces where only a few can go. Um, and I don't really know what, why it's like that, but it really is. And to me, that's not the framework that, I was brought up in it's not what I was taught it was like you do that hard work and you bring you bring people up with you as you go and they in turn do the same and you cultivate space and know that we're stronger as we move together and and so I think that that was a philosophy that Raven and I both brought to the work all along and um and so this feels like a natural extension of that you Mm. know and I as we went we were in so many spaces where we were the only indigenous people there and (laughs) <laughs> it was so crazy like for so many years there was like one 
indige artists at a festival or mm. one indige artist having a showcase. And so I think that always seemed out of balance and something that we wanted to be a part of changing. Right. Amanda, mm-hmm. would you, would you, uh, would you back that up? Would you say the same thing? Did you, did you get that same feeling over, over the years about being the, the singled out sort of indige artist at, at places? Um, I would say that I, uh, you know, my family story, um, I came into finding my road and understanding more about my family and identity later in life. So, you know, I was definitely moving in the folk and, um, Americana spaces, Mm -hmm. but of course, (laughs) you know, those spaces are predominantly, I'll just say Mm non-Indigenous, um, you know, and I've always uh, felt that there's, you know, such a lack of representation and voices and, and perspectives, you know, and, and over the years have seen and, and, you know, yeah, seen basically like pure racism and, and separating artists out from the main lineup and all sorts of stuff, you know, that I, I feel so strongly about working on and, um, And I think as, you know, for me as an artist, I feel, I have always felt that being on stage and being in this position and, and having, and, you know, having the privilege really to, to get to do this work. um, It's a, feels like a responsibility to me, you know, to Mm. do, to do good work and to work for community. And, and uh, yeah, I feel really, really strongly about that. Mm. Now, of course, as I mentioned, uh, both of you are involved with uh, the International Indigenous Music Summit. Uh, Shoshona, you're the artistic director. Amanda, you're the uh, project, uh, uh, rather, you are the, uh, sorry, let me go back here, the director of operations for this, for the the summit. Can we just uh, talk about that for a little bit in terms of how did it go? You know, we talked before uh, it it happened. How how did it all turn out? Oh, it was... Uh, it was amazing. Um, it was a real labor of love. It was mm. a lot of work. And we this year we had to learn how to do this online thing. And um, I think we had a chance to speak about this a few weeks ago or, uh, gosh, mm. David, maybe it was a, mo- a month ago or something. <laughs> yes. I don't know. Time is moving really strangely right now. But, you know, we we worked with Serene Fox um, mm. to, and Jennifer Podemski to yeah. produce these, I, I believe, are really stunning uh, short films um, for artists rather than having like a streaming concert or yeah. a, a typical showcase. We thought let's, let's let, no, not, not let, I feel like that's the wrong word. Let's work with artists and collaborate with artists so they can tell their own story through their own voice and through their own lens. Um, and I, uh, yeah, extremely proud of the work that was done. And these, the artists that showcase were so, um, so special and uh, yeah, so it was really great. And I, Amanda, I don't know if you remember the number, but we had the list of, you know, representation from countries around the world oh, yes. that attended was really staggering. We were so uh, excited to get like the stats back afterwards. And we're like, wow, like people from Africa and Thailand Middle- and yeah, Middle, <laughs> East. Middle East and Australia and all over Europe and the U.S. and South America and so it was really well attended. We were really excited about that, you know, because really this is a brand new little green shoot of an idea. Mm. And uh, this was our third year. And uh, we've been, you know, I would say 
reasonably ambitious about what we've taken on and mm. how we wanted to open spaces. And I think that it's, it's really been a wonderful, it's been a joy um, to see how responsive uh, communities around the world have been to, to hearing indigenous stories and indigenous artists and, and also really participate in these conversations that we've been hosting through the, through the summit that I think are critical conversations. Nice. Wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I, I'm, I'm sitting here with this huge grin on my face as you were saying all that. That's so wonderful to hear. Wow. Uh, and it sounds like you guys were somewhat surprised by that, uh, the, the amount of international attention that you got. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you really never know what's going to happen. Mm. You can hope and dream and, and then it gets down to the day and, and you, you always wonder, is, are people going to show up, you know, and, mm. and, uh, and we had over 700 registrations and that nice. far surpassed what I thought was going to happen this year. And, uh, and all of the feedback and, you know, from the, within the indigenous music community and, and outside the indigenous music community was so unbelievable and, uh, and really meaningful. I'm sure you guys have big plans for next year as well. So uh, I'm sure <laughs> yeah, you know, we're, we're already <laughs> dreaming. And there's yeah. always a moment sometime like critical, well, in the last three years, been a moment where Amanda and I were like, Ooh, maybe we can never do this again. This is really hard. (laughs) (laughs) And then of course, you know, like when I saw the first film this year was that moment where it all flipped for me. And I was like, Mm. Oh wow, this is my reason why Right. this is so stunning and beautiful. And at that moment I started planning for next year. So. (laughs) (laughs) Oh really? (laughs) I was kidding. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, so that, we're still debriefing a bit from this year, but the yeah. planning kind of immediately begins for next of now. Course, so yeah. it's exciting. That is very exciting. Congratulations, as I say. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. This is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses, and I am speaking with Shoshona Kish and Amanda Ryum about their new initiative, Ishkade Records. It is a new Indigenous women-owned label created to foster and amplify Indigenous voices. And Ishkade Records arrives to advocate for Indigenous artists, songs and stories in the commercial music landscape. We spoke a little bit about that. And maybe that's worth readdressing again about, you know, moving forward and looking to the future about uh, how you you hopefully try to plan to work uh, uh, and and impact the commercial music industry. Uh, Led by artists, organizers and activists, uh, of course, we already introduced both Shoshona and Amanda. And uh, it approaches the independent label operations through the lens of women and artists, entrepreneurship, long-standing industry experience, and cultural and ancestral processes. The word Ishkade means fire in Anishna Bemowin. So it's a pleasure to have them both on the show talking about this new initiative of Ishkade Records. Um, so, you, you know, again, if I can just say this, there are other indigenous labels out there right there's other record uh, mm-hmm. indigenous labels so so why do why did you why do you think that this particular record label is is needed when there's others out there uh, uh, already yeah i think that's a great question i mean i think that really in, from a um, community and industry perspective uh, the indigenous 
landscape is still quite uh, is in its infancy. Like, mm. and I think that there's room for many new labels and organizations. There are so there's so much talent out there, yeah. you know. And I think that, um, yeah, and there really aren't very many Indigenous labels. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, there was uh, Red Music Rising just launched last yeah. year. We were super excited. Yep. Um, to hear about that and you know i sort of think of them as our brother label right <laughs> <laughs> we look forward to working with them and supporting what they're doing and you know we have a and i just we hope that this will continue to cultivate that space and mm. that there'll be room for all sorts of ideas because right. you know there's there's just so much room for growth right. and there, you know indigenous people are working in like new genre building and yes. You know, but also like there's a huge hip hop scene, there's yep. a huge blues scene, yep. there's a huge roots and folk scene, there's yep. a huge country scene, and there are all these new pop artists um, coming into the space. And I just think, you know, it's imp- it's impossible to specialize in all of those things. We yep. need people to come into the space and uh, and and really support the talent that's coming up. And uh, because you know, our young people des- deserve the opportunity to see themselves reflected in the songs and the stories that they see in media. And I think it's critical for them to see themselves there and the talent coming up deserves to be supported and amplified. And I think that we really recognize that hasn't been happening in the way that it could. And we're really excited to be working with, you know, partners in the indigenous community and in the mainstream space um, who also really get that, like they're excited. They want to be, a part of that so you know we partnered with universal music yes to distribute the label and we're having such a great conversation with them about opening spaces mm-hmm. and it feels it feels like it's something you know it yeah. just it feels like something's happening and um yeah so that really energizes me at the end of the, these long work days it's like ooh, <laughs> things are moving and yeah we feel in the stream of it uh, thanks for mentioning that about Universal Music and your distribution deal with them. Congratulations also. Now, Yeah, thank you. You were saying it's in its infancy and there's lots of room for growth. I guess the other thing that we tend to forget about is the philosophy of the idea behind organizations or behind uh, people. You know what I'm saying? So there, there's that to consider as well, right? Just like certain managers work better with certain artists and, and uh, what you guys are bringing is this wonderful philosophy that you have, uh, that you've talked, we've talked about. And so um, would, you, would you agree that that also plays into this? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I mean, we're diverse people as well, you know, and mm-hmm. we need all of the voices Mm. at the table. And we, I agree with you fully that there's, you know, there's a good match for everyone in in this way and not, not everyone works well with the same person and and not everyone sees and hears and moves in the world in the same way. And Mm. so I feel so excited to bring our collective energies and and hearts to this space to, to really work with uh, these incredible artists. Now, you mentioned that you have signed your first artist. Is that anyone we can talk mm-hmm. about at this point in time? No, we can definitely talk about that. Okay. <laughs> I'm so, yeah, <laughs> I'm dying to talk about it. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> our, first, our first signing is uh, a beautiful, like super talented artist by the name of Asanabi. Okay. And, uh, and he's Toronto based, mm-hmm. um, but originally from Sandy Lake and Oja Cree. Mm-hmm. 
And um, he submitted to showcase at the summit this year. Mm -hmm. And I actually was completely unfamiliar with his work. And Mm -hmm. when we saw his, you know, his application, we were just floored. We were like, whoa, (laughs) (laughs) who is this beautiful human? And, you know, um, and we had a chance to work with him and get to know him uh, through the work of the summit. And it he just... To me, and I was, you know, uh, texting Amanda furiously last night, uh, just reflecting and, you know, we're doing all of this work in the background here and getting, he's, you know, getting ready to put his record together and writing songs. And he called me last night to, to share a song that he's working on and, you know, just sang it to, to mm. me over Zoom. And, right. and I was like really fighting tears, you know, and I'm texting mm. Amanda saying, this couldn't be more perfect. Like I couldn't love him more. He's so special <laughs> as a human being. Um, and our values are so aligned and the work he's doing is really important. Um, so I feel really excited and honored to be a part of the journey and, you know, and be an auntie, yeah. you know, I was, yeah, so that's it, how I feel. I feel like, and I feel like his auntie and I feel like I want to do that in the best possible way. And, you know, just clear a path for him. He has so much to offer. Congratulations on signing your first artist that you both sound pretty, as you say, stoked yeah, about. Some wonderful we are. stuff. That's yeah, great. Can't yeah. wait to hear that. You guys are going to definitely have to get uh, us in touch with him once this gets closer to uh, release date so we can talk mm-hmm. about it on air. 100%. Yeah, I really look forward to you meeting him. And um, and we, we actually are talking with uh, two other artists right now. So we'll have some more announcements soon. And um, in less than a month, we're releasing a new Digging Roots single. Nice. Um, so there's a lot a lot on the go right now. It's yeah. an exciting time. Right. And, and Amanda, how about yourself? Uh, have you got anything new coming down the pipe? Yeah, I actually just finished singing the last lead vocal on my new record nice. um, in the studio. So I'm going to be putting out a single in the fall as well and a new record next year, early next year. So I am uh, also very excited these days about uh, all things music. That sounds great. Congratulations to both of you for all the successes you've had in your personal lives, as well as now this joint effort of of Ishkade Records as you move this forward. It all sounds so exciting. Can't wait to uh, hear more about uh, what you're going to be doing, uh, the new material that you're both putting out uh, as well. It's it's very exciting. I'm very happy for both of you and and, congratulations. I just want to wish you all the best uh, with everything you guys are doing. Uh, You you both do some great work and and wonderful things for yourselves and for the community. So, Nyawa and Chimigwech for everything you're doing. It has been a real... And thank you for having us here today. It's Mm -hmm. been a pleasure. It's always a pleasure to have both of you on. I really enjoy uh, when we have a chance to speak. So uh, thanks again for taking the time and taking the time out of your uh, Algonquin experience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it feels pretty good to be out on the land today. It's Uh, a little gray, but it is gorgeous out here. Now, just before we finish up, uh, ladies, I want to, uh, in case we have uh, triggered some interest in people that want to maybe uh, approach uh, Ishkade Records and get a hold of you, uh, how can they do that? Well, <laughs> there's a website, ishkodayrecords.com. It's I-S-H-K-O-D-E records.com. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, there's a definitely, you can be in touch with us and with the label yeah. via the website. Yep. And that's probably the and best our, way. 
our socials as well. We're on Instagram, I think. And Mm -hmm. yeah, we have socials set up and there's lots of connection points and we do hope people reach out to us. We look forward to connecting and, and uh, yeah, hearing from people and we look forward to hearing from artists about work that they're doing and all of those things. Right. Okay, we'll leave it there. Uh, Shoshone Kish and Amanda Ryum, thank you so much for taking the time to join us on the show and tell us about Ishkade Records. Congratulations, and we look forward to wonderful things coming out of this new endeavor from both of you. And we're going to leave it there, so I just want to say uh, Ona and uh, Chimigwech. Chimigwech. All right. Yeah, Guavamen. All right, take care. Bye. Bye. Okay. <laughs> and that is this part of the show. Please don't uh, go away. We'll be right back with more right here on Moment of Truth right after this. Now back to Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM. Welcome back to Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. You're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And of course, you can listen on the iHeartRadio app. If you download the app and punch in one of those two coordinates, then you can take us with you anywhere you go. So it is a pleasure to welcome to the show today. Joining me are Ella Morton, Nalak Ladru and the Future of Film Showcase spokesperson Zach Goldkind. We're here to talk about the Future of Film Showcase and a little bit more about that. The Future of Film Showcase, or FOFS, I'm guessing that's how it's pronounced, is a Canadian not-for-profit media arts organization presenting short films from Canadian filmmakers aged 40 and younger. It was founded in 2014 and fosters the future of emerging Canadian filmmakers by providing them with a platform that celebrates their art alongside an audience as unique as they are. Interesting, I'd like to talk about that. And one that allows filmmakers to network cultivate and share their talent through an annual film festival and professional development events throughout the year. That's interesting, too. We should talk about that a little bit. So it's a pleasure to to have Ella, Nalak, and uh, Zach here on the show. Welcome to all of you. Thank you. Thank you you so much. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So if we can just talk a little bit about uh, now Ella and uh, Nalak, I know you are filmmakers and you have a film uh, in the festival this year. So we're definitely going to talk about that for sure. But before we get there, I, I just want to get a little bit more background and, and maybe some of those things, uh, Zach, you can answer, like the, the, the idea of celebrating their art alongside audiences as unique as they are. That, that's an interesting statement. Can you elaborate on that a little bit? I mean, in, uh, in obviously in our previous years, uh, David, we've been mostly screening in a you know three hundred seat theater in uh, in Toronto at Scotiabank. Um, obviously, with the pandemic and our transition, we've had to move towards a platform that now has the opportunity to reach across the entirety of the country. Um, and so, with that came a, uh, initially a, a very uh, strident motivation for essentially ensuring that we had filmmakers also who were representing the essentially the many perspectives from the east to the west coast. Um, and so ultimately, I think that's where that sort of notion comes to play, where we have filmmakers coming from Vancouver. Mm. Uh, we have filmmakers you know, from Quebec, Saskatchewan, Ontario. Um, and so it's, you know, it obviously just 
has helped uh, grow a national audience while also allowing a national audience to be more aware of the kind of films that are getting made across their different provinces, um, which has been wonderful, especially because obviously, such as um, this film, Kajenak uh, um, the the work, a lot of the work is experimental in nature. Uh, and so what that offers uh, is for audiences to engage in more challenging perspectives and also gain a little bit of access to what is ultimately the historical form of filmmaking in this country, which sort of sits in an experimental and animated uh, um, formal uh, approach. Mm. Yeah, well, you know, many, of course, uh, not only film festivals, but other festivals have all gone virtual because of COVID-19. So everyone is experiencing that. But it, what, what I've really found interesting talking with several people on different fronts, whether it be a music festival or a film festival or whatever it might be, that the incorporation of going virtually has really uh, made some, for some interesting changes and, and I guess for the future of how these things are going to roll out as well. Because, you know, whereas before, like you said, you might be in a 300-seat theater and sitting there with an audience – um, even though you're now doing this virtually, the audience is worldwide. It's great, isn't it? It's, I, I mean, right, obviously we're, we're being hosted by CBC Gem, and so our audience yeah. is very specifically in Canada, as I believe they're geoblocked. Um, but it's also a platform that is free to access. Uh, there's no subscription necessary. Um, it's totally there for anyone to just openly go on and watch any of the selections this year um, in any order they wish or the order that is on the site. Um, but obviously, yes, uh, you're very correct that um, it does offer a radical shift in terms of how festivals, any kind, will be working towards the future. Ourselves, at Future Film, we are looking towards hybridity uh, in future years. Uh, thanks for pointing out about uh, CBC Gem. Of course, it is going to be streaming from July 9th to the 22nd, as you say, on this, the free service, the CBC Gem. That's where people can go to, to check out the festival. Um, so thank you for saying that. Just before we get in and talk a little bit more about the lineup, um, the professional development side of things that go on throughout the year, can you tell us a little bit about that? I can tell you just a smidge about it because okay. that isn't entirely my department. <laughs> no I'm worries. mostly focused on the films and less <laughs> sure. on the industri industry side yep. of things. But I do know that we have a variety of partners um, that reach from the Breakthrough Film Festival to TIFF Next Wave. And I, I, I can tell you that uh, events are being hosted uh, throughout the year. Uh, one such example is, I believe, in the last month we had hosted a screenwriting panel um, in collaboration with TIFF Next Wave. Um, featuring uh, featuring um, some filmmakers that we've hosted in the past, as well as other notable uh, short filmmakers uh, currently in Ontario, um, who just sort of opened the floor to advice and questions surrounding the process of screenwriting. And obviously through the festival, um, which we'll, we should be announcing soon, there will be many uh, industry events um, with partners such as uh, the Canadian Film Fund and mm. the such. That's great. It's wonderful that those opportunities are being made available for, for filmmakers and people involved with that. If, if people have questions around the idea of getting involved with those kind of things, do they just go to the, uh, the festival website to, to find out more? 
our website is open and should house all the information. We also are have many events being hosted that you can see through our Facebook um, pages. Our social media is on Instagram uh, and Twitter should be actively updating with all the events as well. You can all, always email us um, for with any questions is info at fofs.ca for questions and if there are questions regarding films because mm. uh, I'm always looking for questions from filmmakers uh, of, of any kind submissions at fofs.ca is an open email for anything wonderful great you thanks for sharing that now this year the the festival uh, is exploring black and indigenous identity climate change mental health and more through the 2021 lineup. Uh, do you want to just give us a little bit of, a, of an idea of the, the breadth of those films? I, when, when it comes to the programming, something that uh, the committee takes into like, pretty heavy consideration um, is more in tune with the, you know, the notion of, uh, of identity through film form. Um, like we at FOFS have a strong belief that film is a language onto its own Mm. um, and that um, it takes, you know, a variety of very curious minds and uh, very strong artistic minds to essentially create a voice that is of their own. And obviously when these filmmakers speak about ideas and identities that are close to them, uh, that resonates strongly through the kind of like affect that we feel while watching the movie. Um, and so I, I, I won't, you know, sit here and say that it was a goal to, you know, ensure we get diverse perspective. For me, I believe that looking for singular voices and, and idiosyncrasy in the filmmakers is tied to the kind of social structures and, and uh, positionalities that these filmmakers come from. Mm. Well, thank you for explaining that. And uh, speaking of which, we have uh, a couple of people with us here. And thank you so much, uh, Ella and uh, Nalak, for joining us here on the show. Ella Morton, you're the filmmaker. And uh, Nalak, you, you did the voiceover, the, uh, the narration for the film that, that you guys uh, put into the festival this year. So welcome to both of you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> So how did this come about? How did the two of you get together to to form this? Um, sure. I So I found No Luck through a mutual friend, um, but it started um, in 2019. I did a trip to Nunavut mm. to um, shoot the film footage for this film. Um, I have a background more in still photography, okay. so um, this is actually my first short film that I've made. Um, So, so at the time when I went up there, I didn't entirely know how it was all going to come together, but um, I do a lot of work both in my still photography and my moving image film with uh, experimental analog processes. Um, So I'll do different things in the darkroom to manipulate the image. Sometimes I soak film in different things to kind of warp it Mm. Um, And with the uh, moving image film, I was shooting on super eight millimeter film and then um, doing different things, bleaching the film, spraying varnish on the film, um, (laughs) different things to, like I said, to manipulate the image. 
Um, Sounds like you're trying to destroy it. <laughs> yeah, to destroy it, but it just it gets destroyed beautifully That's right. in lots of ways. So um, yeah, so so I was doing that, and then um, that year I also got a grant from the Canada Council for the Arts, which uh, gave me the opportunity to really spend the time to figure out what I wanted to do with with that work. Um, so. Yeah, I, I didn't, I felt like it wasn't, it wouldn't be right to use my own voice as the narrator for the film because I'm from the South. I have a settler background and, um, and yeah, I only went up to Nunavut for a couple weeks mm. and came back. Um, so, yeah, so I wanted to find an Inuk person to, to narrate it. And then I found Nalak and she was perfect. Mm. She really... Um, gave the film conviction and power. And yeah, I'm really grateful for her contribution and her stories. Wonderful. And um, now, like, would you mind pronouncing the name of the film? I don't want to, you know, mess it up. So. Kajanaktuk. Kajanaktuk. Kajanaktuk means breathtaking, beautiful. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah, when uh, when Nalak and I met to record the interview that became the narration, uh, at the end I asked her if there was a word in Inuktitut that um, that she could that came to mind to describe her land, mm-hmm. and that was the word that she used. Right. And so I thought that really uh, really expressed what I'm doing with my work as well, is to show the sublime, the amazing uh, qualities of the land and why we're so connected to it. So Now, Nunavut is, is a fairly large area. Are, were you in one specific part of the, the, of the territory or were you in several areas? Um, I First, I went to Iqaluit for about a week yep. and then I spent a few days in Pangnertang. Oh, yeah. Which is just a little ways north of Iqaluit. And in what time of year were you there? I was there in May. Oh. Yes, um, we, we are used to the cold. We, we have to um, plan every day because we don't know what day brings. Mm. So we have to plan every day to be nice and warm to choose the right clothing to use to go outside. Mm. But being being out there is breathtaking. Like you can you can um breathe in the cold, cold weather out there. You can feel it. It makes you feel so alive. And I I I love it up there. Mm. And I have a chance to go visit it next month, and I'm very excited to go visit for a couple of weeks. And where are you based now? Where's home for you? I I am in Toronto, Ontario now. Okay. I've been Toronto has been my home for past thirty years. Wow. Yes. And and I help people that who. Who needs um, Inuit prospective values? Okay, yeah. Like I direct if I can't help them out, I direct them to the person that they need. Very nice, very nice. 
Wow, I, I know that there's a large uh, population in, in uh, Ottawa. Yes, recently um, it boomed with Inuit population past 20 years. Um, when I lived in Ottawa, there was um, hardly any Inuit. So, kind of after I had left, I started thinking to myself, I wonder why I left this place. There's tons of Inuit here now. (laughs) (laughs) But there's a little Inuit community here in Toronto also. I imagine that's going to be growing to some degree as well. It's it's great that you're here. We're so happy that you're able to take part in this with us. Now, going back to the film... Ella, when you were were do, making this film, what was it you were hoping to uh, to accomplish? Right. Um, well, in in general, I guess all my work is trying to accomplish, like I alluded to before, um, like just speaking to the profundity of our connection with the land mm. and. Um, nowadays with climate change and with everything that's coming up about Indigenous issues. uh, um, Yeah, I want to show how deep that connection is for all of us and why it's so important to to preserve it and to be mindful about it. Um, But then, yes, with specifically with Kajanaktuk, um, yeah, I was more also just hoping to use my my work with experimental film as a platform for for an Inuk voice and mm. um yeah to help uh yeah spread those stories and those perspectives which i think are really important and need to be told more um so yeah okay so i kajanaktuk the now that uh, and if I'm not mistaken, most of the imagery that we see in that is all of the land with the texturing and the different kind of things that you superimpose over the films and and the way you've textured them. Correct? It's a ten minute piece, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah it's all. It's yes. Everything is the land. Um, there's a few shots with uh, people in it but they're just kind of figures in the landscape Mm. uh doing stuff so yeah but otherwise it's it's all the land there's a few shots of ikaluit um and kind of the urban parts of it and nowluck talks about how much ikaluit has changed Mm. since she left in the 80s and Mm. so yeah so there's some shots of that but it's mostly of the nature okay out there you're listening to Element FM in Toronto and Ottawa. That's 106.5 in Toronto, 95.7 in Ottawa. And this is Moment of Truth. I'm your host, David Moses. I'm joined on the show today by Ella Morton, Nalak Ladru, and the future of film showcase spokesperson, Zach Goldkind. We're talking about the festival, which is coming up from July 9th until the 22nd, and it's going to be uh, free to access on the CBC Gem streaming service. So you can go there to see the lineup of films. Um, and Ella and uh, Nalak are involved with one of those films. Kajanaktuk. Kajanaktuk. Thank you so much. And um, uh, Ella, you're the filmmaker. Nalak is the voiceover person, uh, narrator for the film. Um, now, like when you when you heard about the film and you started getting involved with this and asked to narrate, 
what went through your mind? I know you said you saw your land and you wanted to express the beauty of your land. Can you share a little bit more about that process of, of trying to find the words that you chose and, and to narrate the film? Yes. It's um, meaning um, confusing. Like here when I seen her disrupting our land, um, because of the climate change, I was, oh my, why is she disrupting a very beautiful, beautiful thing? Right. So <laughs> I was, I was a little disappointed with that, mm. but kind of, it, it is actually happening. Mm. Our land, our land is being disrupted slowly. And we we eventually go kind of we have on borrowed time here on the land, so we eventually go back to the land once we die. Um, so I was I was a little disappointed of her uh, of seeing what she was doing mm. to the uh, to the land, the scene of the land. But then she explained to me what what she was actually doing. And I totally understood what she was doing. And, and it is at least right now a little confusing, also a little fearful. Mm-hmm. Like what, what is going to happen in the past 50, 75 years from now? Mm-hmm. Uh, is, is my land, our land, Nunavut, is going to be as big of a city like mm. Toronto is, that's that's my that's my thought. Right, I, I hear you, and I understand that because you know you mentioned how you moved from there, and and when you left in the eighties, uh, you know I was there in in two thousand, and I was in uh, Iqaluit just when the first Tim Hortons was starting to open up. Right, the first Tim Hortons was in the north. There was also in Iqaluit um, a a new store that was opening, and it had fresh fruits and vegetables. It was very much like a market we would see in the south, but this was all new for the north, and and it was you know it was something that hadn't been there. You know, very exciting, of course, that the first Tim Hortons was there, right? And um, but the other thing. You know, that development that you're talking about. When I was in uh, Akviet, um, you know, a very different existence. So I was there in June, and even though it was June, the, the snow was still quite high, uh, but melting very quickly, you know. And um, I, I remember the, the family that I was staying with, uh, they took me out on the land to see a little bit of it and show me around. And uh, we, we got to a lake. And when we got to the lake, they said, this is where everyone used to go to, you know, to, to enjoy the water, and, but nobody goes there anymore. And I said, why? Uh, it looked really good to me. And, and they said, because it's a dead lake. I said, what? It's a dead lake? And they said, yeah. And they said, you know, all that pollution that you guys create down south, it all goes into the atmosphere and comes up here and rains down on us. And it, the lake is dead. It's, it's, and I went, wow. 
And that was, you know, 22 years ago now, almost 22 years ago. So I, I know exactly what you're saying. The other thing that, that gave me a very unique perspective and, and, and one that I will never forget is seeing the map that exists in the north of Canada looking from the north south. It gives you a very, very uh, different perspective on what this nation looks like, um, you know, because you, you, you don't have a north to look. You are in the north. You're looking south. And, and it's very interesting. So it was very surprising. It was very eye-opening to, to know that we in the south are affecting what's going on in the north that, that drastically, to know that it, this pollution is going up and raining down and, and disrupting northern life in that, in that way. So I hear you. I hear you exactly what you're saying. So, uh, Ella and uh, and and Lack, I, I appreciate the fact that you got together to to uh, take this film. Now it, it's ten minutes, and it's one of the films in this film festival that, as we talked about, the future of film showcase, and running uh, from uh, July 9th to the twenty second, and it's streaming on the CBC Gem free service. So, uh, Zach, people can can uh, watch it there. Um, now you have a an entire lineup of films. This is just one of the films that is is on, and the films range in a variety of of time lengths as well. Um, I guess from anywhere from about two to about almost thirty minutes. Is that fair to say, Zach? That would be fair. I believe the shortest is three minutes, and the longest is about twenty six. Yeah, yeah. So, what would you say? Um, for for someone that that isn't isn't uh, aware of the festival, and that you want them to check this out, uh, you know, and, and have a look, what would you what would you say to them to do? I would say to go on to CBC Gem and uh, at first click whichever one uh, initially incites uh, them, but mm-hmm. uh, that I would ask them to hold patience. I know that the the program. Um, is to a general audience perhaps uh, not exactly aesthetically what they'd be most comfortable with. Um, but I am sure that with patience, consideration, sensitivity, and just an open um, spectatorship, they will find so much uh, in each film offered. Uh, especially, you know, such as a work like Kajenek took, uh, which really took our breath away Mm. nicely said and and you know you really do have uh this this lineup is is really interesting when you read uh so people can go to your to the fafs site to get a description of the films that are being um uh aired as well now are they are they being aired in a special way through gem in in terms of dates or are they all accessible all at once they will all be accessible all at once. Um, their order, as they appear on the page, is sort of the ideal curatorial order, as if you were going to be watching it in okay. a theater. Yep. Um, and you wouldn't have the opportunity to choose which uh, you'd like to watch. So that is always an option for viewing. Um, but should a first-time uh, viewer uh, who's a little not, not entirely sure about sort of the, the whole ordeal come across FOFS, I would really just recommend um, that they dive in and on their own agency. Okay, sounds good. 
I want to thank all of you for taking the time to join me on the show and talk about the uh, future of Film Showcase. As we say, running from July 9th to the 22nd. People can see it on CBC Gem. It's a free streaming service. So uh, Ella Morton, uh, the uh, filmmaker, uh, as well as Nalak Ledru, uh, the narrator for her film, and uh, Zach uh, Goldskind, the uh, Future of Film Showcase spokesperson. I want to say thank you and um, oh, let me let me put it this way, uh, Koyanamik. Did I get that right, uh, Nalak? Koyanamik. Say that again. Koyanamik. Koyanamik. Yes, Nekomik. Koyanamik. Right. And uh, I believe what they say in uh, in Akviet is Matna. Matna. Yes. <laughs> um, yes. Uh, there's different dialects throughout the north, so. Um, it is it is good to learn with other dialect uh, with other people with their dialects, mm. so we can communicate. Absolutely. Well, I'm very much uh, pleased that we had the chance to speak and communicate about the film and about the festival today. So, thank you to all of you for joining me on the show. Thank you, David. Very All right. Take care. Thank you all Bye. once more. And they are the voices of Ella Morton, Nalak Ledru, and Zach Goldkind. We've been talking to them about the future of Film Showcase. As I say, running from July 9th to the 22nd, you can catch it on CBC Gem free streaming service. Make sure and check it out. And that is our show for today. I'm your host, David Moses. Thank you for listening. We'll see you again tomorrow. This has been Moment of Truth with David Moses. Element. Element. Element FM.